The horn of Ronald has has not yet called for me this morning. Ah, I see. So oh, you want to go take care of that? I don't yet. I'm having my coffee to try to accelerate this horn. Oh, the, the, horn's ba- the horn's back end. <laughs> to accelerate the horn? <laughs> the back end. Oh. To beckon oh. me. To beckon me to the chamber. <laughs> to the awful room where Ronald waits. Let me tell you about my family. I sell propane and propane accessories. You guys are listening to Saturday Morning Tuesdays. It's an animated podcast about very real cartoons. I'm Rory. I'm Andy. And I'm Austin. We're we're here watching King of the Hill. We're here. There's a very it's a very funny story. We we answered a we answered a reply on Craigslist last week. And we're coming to you live from 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 the from the highest peak in Wisconsin where we have taken a job as milkmaids. <laughs> We're milkmaids in a, in a Wisconsin milk bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, <laughs> so we're just gonna bring we're just pour pour a big glass of milk this week because we are talking about King of the Hill, and and serving milk to the Wisconsinites after yeah, a long, have, uh, after a long day of work. Now I was we were, surprised we, that the Dutch dress and pigtails was part <laughs> of the job, but I'm I, now that we're sort of in it and doing it, like it's not bad. I kind of get it. No, it's, no got, the, it's got a good weight to it. It, it holds you down, but it's but it's breathable. Uh huh. Especially when you're when you're hunched under that cow, <laughs> and you're and you're you're ready to sort of bring out the bring out the white juice. Steal steal her milk. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are we doing this? <laughs> are we sort stealing the milk? I mean, the, I don't think the cow has given proper informed consent. No, okay. probably not. Yeah, that's fair. You know, the ethics of, of sort of the cow's willingness to, to <laughs> surrender the milk is, is something. Surrender it? That's not <laughs> spoken of enough. <laughs> uh, well, you know, we've got this milk bar, and I, I did a quick Google uh, for what the highest peak in Wisconsin is that we're totally on, and I didn't need to Google it, but it's called Tim's Hill. Uh, <laughs> <is> it- <laughs> Tim, Tim's Hill, Tim's Big Hill, Mount Tim. And we're up here at a a very a very high 595 meters above above sea level on top of this hill. Tim's hill sort of stealing milk, bar, milk from Tim's cows. Is the milk bar called Mount Tim? Because I think that's sort of maybe it's a little cheeky, you know. I think so. Well, good. I'm glad we're here. Um, we're ready to watch some King of the Hill. We're ready to check in. We're gonna sip we some just- milk. Should we just jump right into it? Should we just should we just dump dump the milk out and go right go right to talking about cartoons? No, we don't want to yeah. dump the milk out. We need to make sure that everyone listening has a nice frothy white cup and that they got that mustache <laughs> and that they you know like that, that very good all... commercial. Do you guys remember that one? I do. Or we all got it. We all got milk. That milk. It's what's for dinner. <laughs> yeah, and and that everyone's doing their body good and getting their calci and uh, and they're having a having a nice jug of that white. And and then we can start talking about cartoons. So is everybody good? Are we all are we yeah. all we all milked? We fucking let's milked m- here. Let's I- milk right in with informed consent.
Well, listen up, fellow milkmaids and milk drinkers. Um, in the bar here, I'll have you know, I do have a dairy allergy, and it, it, I thought it was it was fine at first. We're not and allowed then it's to talk becoming, about that here. Well, there it's becoming no, harder and harder no to ignore. There are no dairy allergies on Tim's Hill. Well, I'm breaking out into a type There's of just hives. A, just a chubby red boy. <laughs> you know, Who hasn't had enough milk. Uncomfortable child. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I, more milk is going to hurt me deeply. Uh, but if you insist, I'll uh, pound another glug of of the good stuff and uh, look at King of the Hill season four, episode five, aisle eight A. And here's the blurb for this King of the Hill episode that we watched. Con I think we should. Okay, wait. I think we should call it this week. I think we should call him. We should call it the, the glass of milk. Here's the milk. Mm. Here's the what, what, what glass of milk did we chug today? That's the yeah. episode. Okay. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Well, it's gonna be a good theme. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's our here's our milk. Um, Khan and Min go to Hawaii for Khan's job and asks Hank to take care of Connie, who is excited that she will be staying with Bobby, but starts to become emotionally sensitive and mean-spirited when she gets her first period, leaving an extremely uncomfortable Hank to both deal with the unstable Connie and have to explain the birds and the bees to a clueless Bobby. Wow, that was one sentence and not very grammatically correct and not necessarily fully factually correct. Thanks, Wikipedia. Yeah, also <laughs> a lot of editorializing sort of for the contents of the episode in there. Yeah, because um, yeah. I think a part of why I picked it was uh, on one hand, it's sort of it's a rehash of an episode we watched last week, which is why I was a little more apprehensive because it's kind of Bobby and Bobby and Connie kind of dealing with Bobby you know, not knowing how to yeah. handle feelings. Right. And on the other at the hand, same time, it's also the other episode we watched last week of Hank having to deal with body problems, bodily, bodily body problems, and communicating with women. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. But what I what I love, so I picked this one for two main reasons. The first one is that this is a super like rote sitcom topic. Yep. Sure. And I thought. You know, I've you know, King of the Hill and handles it with so much more grace and poignancy than any other show I've seen. That uh, I'm sure there have been others that have that have come at it from a from a different angle. I'm not going to say it's the only show that's ever done. Period's good, uh, <laughs> but of every sitcom I've seen, it's it's kind of the same old the same old dog and pony show every time. Right. Sure. Well, and, and the I other like, way, I... just to finish the thing out really quick, Andy. I'm sorry. The other reason I picked it was just because this is a, a one of the highest rated episodes. It's almost everybody's. It's kind of a unanimous favorite. Top three. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know that I would have guessed that. I wouldn't have either. It. But uh, I kind of, you know, when you're dealing with with a show with you, know, as we talked about, you know, just an incredible backlog of episodes, it felt fair to give a couple couple shout outs to the ones people, you know, love. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, totally. what I would what I would say is that I liked. So obviously to restate it in case you sort of, you know, your mind was glazed over when Austin read the the blurb. Uh, it happens a lot. It's the milk. You remember? He read. The yeah, milk. the milk. When, Austin, poured, when poured, Austin when Austin poured the milk. When Austin served you that big frothy, ma frothy mug Ugh. of uh, of cow's delight, um, <laughs> you're a, you're a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> well, Connie gets her first period in this episode, and what I liked is that it didn't. I feel like a lot of other shows would probably sort of like tonight on a very special episode of Blossom about it, you know, like <laughs> this was this was just this was just the plot of the episode. Like it wasn't sure it. It it gave periods the same weight as, you know, other 
important things that happen to people, which is to say that it's a thing that happens to fucking every woman on the planet. So like we shouldn't treat it like it's some horrifying big thing. But it's funny to watch Hank thinks it's I think it's a horrifying big thing. Right. Right. But I don't and I don't get the sense that the episode is like, oh, my God, it's just like this is this is more shit that happens to people. You well, know? Hank, you Hank deals it from with a couple different angles because he has he on one angle. He just has the I don't have a daughter, but now I'm mm-hmm. charged with caring for one who's going through mm-hmm. something that I'm not prepared for and his kind of general body phobias. <laughs> Right, because he, he yeah. treats her. He treats her with you know nothing but nothing but civility and exactly. uh, and care the whole episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the the show kind of, I mean, yeah, it's a classic plot for a father and a daughter. And since Hank doesn't have a daughter, um, and Luann is older, mm-hmm. um, yeah. the show kind of jumps through a few hoops in order to get the situation set up. The situation comedy. Oh, <laughs> is that uh, what sitcom stands for? What? Oh, my uh, God. Pass me another milk. I need another milk to think about this kind of thing. Oh, my so, God. Oh, my God. Okay. Milk me so, up, daddy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I'm allergic to that milk, too. Load me up um, with another creamy good boy. Andy's become uh, the Rory. Uh, <laughs> um... I don't even know what I'm fucking saying. Um, <laughs> it's okay. I'm sorry. I'm not really though. We drink um, other animals' breast milk. Um, so, so I think think what we should talk about is is the the there's like an A, B, and C plot kind of happening here. So, uh, A plot. I I would say A plot is Hank and Connie, because mm-hmm. um, it gets the most weight. B plot is Bobby and Connie sort of dealing with how Connie is uh, she's her parents have to go to Hawaii. And so Connie is staying over at Bobby's place for a few nights. And that's sort of like, whoa, we're sleeping in sleeping bags next to each other. And so that's B plot. C plot is about a garbage can. <laughs> C plot tells you garbage can. <laughs> and I think we should start with the garbage can. <laughs> yeah. So the, King of the Hill does one of my favorite things with these little C plots that is so understated and so just so much fun to see because a lot of times we just see what's going on in the alley through the window and we just see, you know, uh, Dale and Boomhauer and Bill trying to all fit into the garbage can. Uh, <laughs> and it, they beckon it, for Hank to get in and Hank shakes his head. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, not, it's not the zenith of comedy, but it's, it's just there and it's just happening while the regular, well, the scene, the scene you're actually watching is happening. They've just yes. kind right. of stuck it in the background to let you kind of have fun and Get the context of what's going on in this space. <laughs> yeah, I just love nothing even happens in this C plot. It's just that Dale has a new, a sexy new garbage can. And <laughs> I don't even know. Like, it's so weird. But I love that they get excited about these mundane things. Like, it's such a dad thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all it is. It's just these guys are just overly excited to have a new trash can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then it, you know, reaches sort of a tragic conclusion. But. Uh, this this sort of Shakespearean end for the for the garbage can, right? The the garbage truck like automated arm takes it and then empties it and then takes the whole garbage can and Boomhauer goes running after it on the street and Dale's left crying. <laughs> what a sad what a sad thing. Yeah, Exeunt. <laughs> right. Uh, but then the, so the the primary two threads here. 
uh, is with Khan and Min going to Hawaii for Khan's like big. He's he's doing a big speech and he's very happy to be giving a five minute speech. And most most peasants only get to give a three minute speech. <laughs> you ever get five minute and, speech, I kill? No, <laughs> only three. three. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't and want Connie to come, so she's got to yeah. stay somewhere. And what I, I I love this this whole angle where like Khan is clearly such like a not absentee parent, but he only cares about the thing he, things he cares about, and then he's completely uh, hands off for the things he doesn't. But like him and Min together have this book, this fucking. <laughs> five inch three ring binder of how to parent Connie and they give it to Hank and Pe- Peggy when they leave. And I love this concept. It's well, so good. And it's, it's less that they are like controlling helicopter parents and more that they just do not trust the hillbillies, any <laughs> of the hillbillies at all with their precious daughter. And I really <laughs> like, I really like that. angle. <laughs> and, and just it's... like completely talking down to their intelligence and to like, Hey, maybe uh, don't you know eat food with a fork and like you know? Yeah, yeah Peggy's it's like, a, oh, it's, it's a got great it's and a- pictures. That's good because I don't know what scrambled eggs look like. <laughs> <laughs> there was a great joke that I mean, I, I guess I can't say it went on unappreciated because I watched it by myself and there's no laugh track. But it feels it feels <laughs> like it lands kind of deadpan. Where mm-hmm. where Peggy's like, we have your mother to thank for that. She recommended that I stir the macaroni with a spoon. No more burned hands, Hank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, she yeah. hates it so much. God, yeah, it, it's I, great. I love it. But Connie, Connie, to her her uh, her credit, has somehow turned out a a very respectful little child, and she gets. I don't know. I don't know how calculated this is because I like I haven't watched a ton of King of Hill King of the Hill like recently, and I don't remember how much. Like she's not a little character. Eddie Haskell. She's she's yeah. She's a good right? person. Yeah. Yeah. So she she does what I, in any other character's mouth and maybe even in hers, I would be like, ooh, nice calculated brownie points move where at dinner she specifically asks Hank pointed questions <laughs> about that, like propane and how it works. And wait, it's, it's liquid. But, but oh, isn't yeah. it a gas? And he's like. She's like, what? Tell me, what does that mean, Mister Hill? And he's like, please call me Hank. <laughs> and then we get this like fade, like time has passed, <laughs> which is so amazing. Like, and I then, just imagine they spent the whole dinner talking about it. And she's yeah. and she's telling him stories, you know, embarrassing con stories. And yeah, <laughs> so this is gossip, huh? It's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty good. It's like. It's just good. I was like, damn, way to earn points. You know how to get ingratiate yourself with the with the SO's family. Hot damn. Yeah. Well, and it's also nice on the show's part to show a little bit of bonding between Hank and Connie, because I don't know how much of that has actually happened in the episodes yeah. before this. Um, if totally. they really interacted all that much. So, yeah, it's nice to show that they have a little bit of a relationship ahead of that. And then Hank is would be willing to you know, go reaches his breaking point once again, uh, later on in the episode. Oh, it's, and it's funny too, when, so, so yeah, she's being a good, a good house guest and offers to clear the plates. <laughs> Bobby tries to do the same and makes this like maitre d' table talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Fucking Bobby can't just do a thing, and be, he has to like embody a character. So suddenly he's like, "Ah, oh, yes, can I take your place?" Hank is just instantly so not having it. <laughs> just yeah. take the plates. <laughs> oh my god! So no that all that. leads up to the evening time, uh, where Hank, or sorry, Bobby has been allowed to have a sleepover in the living room with Connie with their sleeping bags next to each other. And this and is, is kind of crazy to me. When I was in high school, that would have been a little weird. This you is know? their 12. I get that they're 12, but like, that's that's still like, like Bobby, Bobby and Connie, like they both, like they're clearly like dating. They say they're dating. Like if I was parents, I'd be like, I, I wouldn't necessarily be like, yeah, sure. Just go put your stuff right next to each other and sleep and have a sleepover. We'll do it for multiple nights in a row. I'd be like, I, I mean, we're, we're, we're dealing with that liminal time when, when obviously the appropriateness changes and that comes up in the episode. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, uh, 12 is not that different from 10. If two 10 year olds tell you they're dating, you're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> also, I don't know if to them, Bobby, it's Bobby too. And I don't know if Bobby yeah. would really strike them as, as the, the sort of Lothario they'd have to worry about. <laughs> right. <laughs> At least for, for the time being. It's Bobby. <laughs> but uh but while they're laying there, uh there's a there's kind of a low-key, like, I don't know, sexual invitation for a moment or an invitation to canoodle. Where well, yeah, Bobby was trying to be flirty and it backfired by working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, are you scared? Because it's all dark. And she's like, no. Well, I mean, I could be a little scared. And he's so fucking terrified. Yeah, he freezes oh, up big time. Oh, he no. He's not prepared. Oh, God damn. Next day, yeah. he's like talking to Joseph. And Joseph is like, he's like, <laughs> I don't know. He asks what happened. And Bobby's are your like, lips tired? <laughs> it's like, are your lips a, a gentleman does not kiss and tell you chickened out yes sir i did <laughs> <laughs> yeah i really enjoy the uh the communication between joseph and bobby they have a, a good, you really got the uh, feeling that they're best they're really best friends yeah yeah and they've got like a, a reasonably open line of communication right mm -hmm, like things mm -hmm. don't things don't seem like you know typical guy closed off like you know like uh, clearly we know Bobby's not that sort of dude, but like they both like Joseph easily could his characterization could have taken him in a very like man direction. But they both seem pretty OK with like talking about shit to each other. Which yeah. I really now, like. Speaking of open communication, uh, there is a moment where Bobby, once he realizes that he's going to get to share an evening with Connie, he realizes he needs to he's going to be in his pajamas next to her and oh. he needs to look sharp. He needs to have a good pajama situation <laughs> get, planned get that out. Pajama game out, right? Thank you. Um, and <laughs> he's got a Thomas the Tank Engine. Forget about that. He's got a, a onesie that says "What Mommy's Little Baby" or something. <laughs> oh my God! It's, it's, mommy, it says "Mommy's, mommy's little, little Man." man. Yeah, <laughs> Mom's Little Man. And then he's got a good one a Ninja Turtles uh, pajama top. So he's like, "Ah, oh, yes. yeah, there's a good one." But he does Turtles. get some advice from Boomhauer. Oh, uh, who God. is currently, you know, indisposed. In the throes of passion. In the throes of passion. He comes to the door with just a towel. And he's like, you know, dang old man, you know, I got a woman over right now. And Bobby's yeah, asking he, some some questions. Like, what do you wear when you have a woman over? And, and it's Boomer funny. Because he tell him to wear silk. 
he <laughs> gets that that Boomhauer is a ladies' man, but he doesn't really get the implications of that. And I think that's a fun little. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're going to continue to Boomhauer play with Fox. You know, get, yeah, but he doesn't know what fucking is. Is kind of what I was right. getting right. Like it's like we yeah. uh, we're because we're going to kind of keep playing with that line of like understanding that adult what adults do without it under really or knowing what adults do without understanding what adults do is the line we're playing at right yeah totally so the the other shoe drops here on the next day uh where before we fully know that connie's had her period or is about to right um the next day sort of being set off by the fact that he he rebuffed her advances last night (laughs) in the in the in the throes of sleeping bag passion and she is not she's crabby Oh boy, she's crabby. And uh it's it's not it's not good. They are they're having dinner and Connie says, Ugh, how many cows do you people eat in a year? And Hank goes, Wait, we figured this out once. <laughs> <laughs> but like he she didn't she doesn't want Bobby to bring her bunt cake and she's like, No, we both brushed our teeth already, and it's just it's not good. And then the next day yeah. she has her period. And well, only first, Hank is there. <laughs> so I, I, I watched this one a couple times. And uh, so uh, the first time I, there was a joke, I, I missed the joke. And I think I, I thought it was funnier the first time. So basically, she's in the bathroom and and they're running out of time. So Peggy and Bobby are leaving. Mm-hmm. And and they were questioning what's taking her so long. And Bobby says, I think she's taking a Bobby break, which I thought which <laughs> is what he called. I thought that's what he called taking a dump. I thought that too. I thought the same thing. I think first. He, I, I think he meant literally taking a yeah. break from Bobby. Yeah, right. Yeah, he, <laughs> and we both he's went finally. To... He's finally putting it together that she actually is mad at him. Yeah, uh, yeah. But the cause... idea of t- calling a big long poop a Bobby break is <laughs> Bobby really break. good. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> but she was in fact not taking a Bobby break. Uh, <laughs> She was no. taking a Connie break. Um, <laughs> yeah, Hank. Hank is ill-equipped for this moment. But there's a there's an immediate kinship because she's ill-equipped. You know, yes. they're both they're sure. both really way out of their depths on this one and just trying to figure it out together. Yeah. yeah. Now, what I do want to play is <laughs> because so you know Peggy works at the school and she <laughs> has to be there, and so she she and Bobby leave, and and so yeah, so it's only Hank. They're still at work or at at the house with Connie. And when she walks out of the bathroom and explains that she has to write it down, she can't even say it out loud to Hank. She's so mortified uh, that she had her period. We get one of the best. The ha. Yes. And I want to just play that. (laughs) (laughs) And And it's coupled with just the best dramatic zoom. Yeah, just like a shaky, dramatic zoom as he has like a momentary seizure. It's so good. <laughs> um, so they he can't get a hold of anybody on the phone. He tries calling Peggy, but obviously she's in the middle of school. Oh, he tries man, to call it's so Con funny. And, Con and Min. They're just fucking on the beach and they are not answering the phone call. At uh, the end because... of his rope, he calls his mother and then realizes he's cannot he cannot say these words to his mom and right. just hangs <laughs> there's like two heavy sighs first as he's work, yeah. trying to work up the courage and she's uh, just like hello is anybody there and he's <sighs> now is Could, Luann not not in the house this season is she not around cuz Luann um, would have been would have been like a I real think... good go to sure you think I she would have been a good go to 
Yeah, I don't well, think Hank could. I don't think Hank could do it. But uh, it's possible she's moved out for the for the time being. I I don't know. She she's always a little bit in and out of the house. Not like in a not with too much need to explain because she's a mm-hmm. you know a young adult. Yeah. And, uh, right. she, she lives with them, but maybe she's gone for the weekend or, you know, just with her friends or a boyfriend or whatever. We don't really know what's going on with Luann when she's, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, so Hank does what probably the only thing that he can think of that's in his power to do. And he takes her straight to the emergency room. Uh, <laughs> and all they do is give him a list of feminine products to buy. And I love, he has this moment where he kind of tries to haggle with them. Where he's kind of pissed they're not just giving him stuff. He's like, if I came in with stitches and I asked for some band-aids, you'd probably give them to me, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's such a good, like, and I like, I like why the, the fuck do- can't you? <laughs> the, the nurse is like, <laughs> she's, <laughs> Hank is so, so obviously out of his, <laughs> doesn't know what's going on, that she she's like, don't use band-aids. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, but yeah, so now he's forced again to do the unthinkable, <laughs> which is go to <laughs> the store with Connie and venture into aisle 8A, the women's, uh, you know, feminine hygiene aisle. And uh, yeah. I think my favorite line of the episode is in this sort of chilling voice. He says, boy, we sure are a long way from automotive. oh he's so he's never gone this far he's ventured into the heart of darkness Uh, mr frodo if we take one more step it'll be the farthest away from home i've ever been (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know i i i was kind of pissed at hank in this moment for just a minute before he like fixes it because he He's so, like, upset about being there that he won't even venture into the aisle, and he sends little Connie in by herself with the cart. And I'm like, come on, dude. And, of course, she instantly gets overwhelmed and just starts crying, and so he goes in and actually helps her out. And they have a cool little bit of dialogue where she's talking about how, like, she's looking through her coin purse. She's like, I didn't know this cost so much. I don't have any money. Can you give me a couple dollars? My mom didn't tell me anything about this. Like, it was really good. It's a great little exchange. I think it's the best moment in the episode. Like. And also, it's, you feel for her in the in the in the in this massive hall, yes. <laughs> this dwarven hall that she's been <laughs> that she she has to go find like the one thing you know the, the small handful <laughs> of things she needs from this great <laughs> this great aisle. Yeah, I know. And with just with just no other female role models around who who can help her in this time of need, mm-hmm. um, all we have is Hank, the most. You know, the most Hank <laughs> can be. Um, and step so, up yeah. to the plate, realizes yeah. she needs help and she needs an adult yeah. and he does what he's got to do. Yeah, he does. He does. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Peggy finally gets, they finally get a hold of Peggy and she comes <laughs> tearing ass back to the house. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. We don't know what kind of lie Hank told. Well, because so... They get the stuff, they go home, and then suddenly she says, great, now how do I change these out? And, you know, in that moment, uh, he has finally um, given up and <laughs> will not will not go that far. And so has, has apparently made up some kind of horrible lie about the family, about the family emergency. About something. Bobby, <laughs> yeah, something, because Peggy, Peggy gets home um, like a mad woman and... Uh, runs in and, and so she she suddenly goes into disaster mode and she's like oh my lord oh poor Connie 
Poor Connie. Poor me. I had to learn about megalobsorbency. You went down aisle 8A? We have been married for 20 years, and I can't get you past aisle 5. I wasn't joyriding, Peggy. It was a medical emergency. Well, why didn't you call me sooner? I tried calling you. I tried calling Min and Con. I even hung up on my own mother. And she's such a nice woman. Well, Hank, you did your best, but I'm in charge now. You keep trying Min and Con. I'll talk to Connie, and then I'll talk to Bobby. I don't think Bobby should know about this. It's bad enough that I know about this. Do you want to be in charge, Hank? No. Before we forget, Hank also, when he takes Connie to the hospital, he wraps her in a thick yellow blanket. <laughs> Just like... It's <laughs> like horrible secret. This like plague victim that... Oh, God. Um, anyway, there's, there's, uh, you know, there's a lot of like... Uh, things that that get resolved around this time. Uh, Peggy has to tell Bobby about this though, because obviously, yeah. like, you know, they're staying over and things are happening, and he's going to ask questions. And so, like, she tells Bobby, and uh, she she brings him to Whataburger to give him this <laughs> serious news, which I think which is just she such normally a good touch. she normally they've established that whenever bad news has to get delivered to Bobby, she takes him to Whataburger. So he's <laughs> suspicious because the last time he learned about goldfish heaven. And now he's not sure where Ladybird is, so he's worried that Ladybird, their dog, died. Um, Ladybird is fine, uh, oh, but it turns out when they do go to Whataburger, and he's very satisfied by this meal. That's when uh, she uh, tells Bobby that uh, Connie is grown up, that she's becoming a woman, and he's not a man yet. He's just a little baby. <laughs> yeah, she says. She says this wonderful thing. She says. Uh, well, and while some things are better learned through guessing or certain educational films, some <laughs> things are better learned from your parents. <laughs> uh, oh, no. Yeah. But this sends Bobby into a spiral of, like, questioning his maturity and wondering, like, am I a man? Am I a little baby? Oh, well, I thought I mean, it was really great because we're playing with these two different themes, right? Because yeah. he, he, he thinks she literally is becoming too mature for him, and that's why she's mad at him all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's just uh-huh. not getting he's not getting what's what has changed. Right. Yeah. Uh yeah. And they start, I'm still they, a boy. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they have another little fight where he keeps he's like you know, he sees Connie for the first time and he all he wants to he all he's doing is asking her to go out and do like like go play soccer. Go do like, you know I'm still young. <laughs> he, he like asked her to go swimming at the rec center and she's like, I don't want to do any of those things. And yeah, he says, Fine, I'm young and alive and I'm going outside to enjoy life. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Though I can because, understand her hesitation and not wanting to go swimming at this I know. particular time. Yeah, w- way to ask her all these things that she shouldn't or isn't gonna want to do. <laughs> Let's go uh, ride bikes. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's go wear white pants. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, and so uh so they the Sakan so and Min come back and the last little chunk of this episode is sort of dealing with that uh and Khan Khan is very jealous it seems of the kind of uh camaraderie I guess that his daughter and Hank now have. Why she uh, not scream and cry at you Hank Hill? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, yeah. and I like I like that a lot. Like like Khan is Khan is a, basically just like Hank and that he has no desire to know about any of this stuff. But he's also kind of upset that he wasn't the one that like was helping, you know, and that mm-hmm. he and that she's still pissed at him, you know, or annoyed it annoyed with him. But that Hank is such a, you know, 
a nice guy because he was there for it at the time. Now, um, a subtle thing that they don't really bring up, but I think is interesting, is that Khan was so focused on his career for the first half of this episode and giving his big speech. And we see him in Hawaii about to, like, he starts to give his big speech. And halfway through the first sentence, uh, Min finds out about Connie's period and writes down on a piece of paper and shows him, uh, you know, sen- gives him the piece of paper uh, in the middle of his speech. And then the next thing, they're on a plane home. And yeah, they run. We don't, they run hear, we don't hear anything else about the job. He's not lamenting what he could have gotten or we don't yep. find out if he missed out on this opportunity. It's just his priorities have now totally shifted. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really interesting. You think about the like, he does really care about his daughter. You know, he gave oh, up yeah. all of that stuff without a second thought. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that the, he is not, he's not a bad father or, and neither of them are bad parents. It, they're, they're, you know, a pretty, a pretty accurate representation of like a traditional Asian family. Right. Uh, just like they either, he's very goal oriented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and he's got, uh, you know, high high expectations, but when it really comes down to it, like, you know, he just he's just excited that she is okay. You know, you mm-hmm. can tell. You can tell that at the end. Well, you know, and you see it you see it over here too, like pe- people do care. They're they're stuck in an arms race nobody really wants to be a part of. Nobody wants to send their kid to school for fourteen hours a day. No. But everybody else is doing it. <laughs> You're like I'm yeah. I have to. I can't just my kid can't get a quarter of the education everybody else is getting. Yeah, um, but so so Connie finally has a discussion with her mother, uh, which, you know, gives her sort of most of most of what she needed to hear. It's I mean, really yeah. good. I love that. I love that exchange. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> Connie's Connie's doesn't see any upside to this, and Min's like, Connie, you feel things more now. Make sad movies truly excellent. You watch Titanic on the right day, it blow you away, and you get intuition. And I get to have babies. Whoa, slow down, Khan Jr. I tell you now what my mother told me. Pusai motokun ban ma, long time Bobby Hill doi. Mom, you don't know Bobby. He's not like all the other boys. All men are the same. But now you are different. And you must act different. Like an adult. Except at movie theater, where you child and your father and I, students. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then in the denouement, in the denouement of the episode, we get a cool little exchange where where Connie is now telling Bobby, like, my mom says we're not supposed to hang out anymore. That now that I'm a woman, men only want one thing from me. Which yeah. is kind of a horrible thing Bobby to tell a child, but then also was like, did you say what it was? Because <laughs> yeah, nobody's so telling me shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the other the other thing that I like at the end uh, is that. Like, like Bobby and Connie have a good talk and Hank and Bobby have a, a brief little talk. Oh, and that Hank, one is so funny. It's it's really good where, where Hank, you know, just sort of explains to him about PMS and and periods and times a month or whatever. And in the end, Hank's Hank's advice is essentially that a woman going through her period and being mad at you, it's like a tire fire. You just got to let it burn. You grab a beer and let it burn. And I was like, I don't know if that's the best, but it's very Hank. (laughs) It's very Hank. I will say that. Yeah. Well, The the, the funny line is as he's explaining the periods um, to Bobby, he's like, so you mean mom gets her period? (laughs) Oh, 
Bobby, if we're going to get through this, you can't be asking questions like that. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Oh, man. My bad. I, I would say overall, um, you know, this was this was good. You know, this was really fun. I enjoyed it. Um, I think it does simplify a lot of elements of of um, the menstrual cycle and uh, <laughs> these sort of. <laughs> Here's what I'm trying to say. Uh, obviously, I you know the three of us have very little credibility to speak on, you know, the intricacies of the, of this this wonderful cycle of, of humanity. Um, I, 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 I literally love listening to you trying to find words. This is, this is my own little show. This is my own little show. But as far as, you know, it's commentary on Connie saying, you know, okay, well, I just, I can't be around people. Or I, I don't want to be around you for four days. And that's just cause I get grumpy and right. how mean I was. And, you know, I, I, I know, I know that that is not, universally the case and i I know i think i mean what what year what year did season four of king of the hill come out in this was like 2000 and they mentioned clinton right (laughs) or was that the late later episode um i mean that's still season four but yeah yeah so and it could have been written anywhere between 99 and 2001 depending on their production mm, cycle yeah so exactly so this is like 1999 i i don't expect 20 years ago that they would have the same levity when discussing a woman's period that they would now. I think at the time uh, they were trying to do a good thing, but the cheap laugh is also still there that, you know, women be PMS in. And I think they yeah. went for it. Right. Although it, it's there. It is there. I'm not going to give it a, I can't give it a hundred percent free pass, but I, I, I do think that, um, I don't know if you're just, if, if you're in the bones of the show, you, it, it is not, is not handled. This is not an episode that doesn't fit the mold of the show. I guess mm-hmm. you know well, this you know, isn't. It, it isn't like the show is normally not like the show. Make the show is constantly having people kind of icked out by not knowing how to handle body functions and emotions, especially Hank. Right, and 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 that is a culmin that you know the the fulcrum of that is 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 you know is the menstrual cycle of like <laughs> where body function meets emotion. And uh, I think it's okay. I mean, the the episode to me seemed to generally try to handle the topic with with a lot more, like I said, care and grace than you see from a you know from a sitcom doing a, doing their doing their period episode. I've, I I think it's worth mentioning, but I I think agree. I think I fully agree with where they really focused on Hank, um, and and Hank sort of interacting with this, and and less on sort of you know, women be bitching. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And they let Connie, you know, be a big part of it. Like, it wasn't like, it wasn't like they just were like, but how does Hank feel about the period? You know, like, <laughs> which they do make fun of. They also make yes. fun of Hank being yes, like, they do. poor Connie. What about poor me? I had to deal with it. Like, which, you know, yeah. of course, is they're, is, they're totally you know. aware of it. Austin, it's time for us to do one of our do another one of our do another one of those ad reads where we get paid for our very good. We get paid for our for, for the audience we've assembled, we've cobbled together, and then and then companies have come and you know how advertising works. So you don't need me. To I teach do. You yeah, bud, load those bullets into your gun and, and shoot me with the power of of advertising. This week we're <laughs> this week we're going to be brought to you by the Deep Unfortunate. 
We sure are. The Deep Unfortunate is the essentially the avatar of sadness. And this is just a general concept of um, just when you when you when things aren't turning out good. Um, you ever feel unlucky? You ever feel like you're just having a rough time? Boy, have uh, I. That's that's this sort of spiritual entity, the Deep Unfortunate. <laughs> and uh, the Deep Unfortunate has been sort of fallen on hard times because himself. Uh, yeah, which is weird, and I didn't think it was possible, but our reality itself has become so depressing and upsetting that this sort of supernatural external entity of misfortune doesn't really have much to do. Uh, oh. So we are helping to advertise for it. Um, you can make a altar sacrifice to sort of do ill will go, against another person. Go outside with your shoes undone. You know, yeah. try to make, a little e- make it a little easier for this poor guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, what you can do is just uh, sit on your balls or uh, uh, How punch yourself. If you don't know, you can't do it yet. You've got to wait. <laughs> got to wait for it for the, for the for it to ripen on the vine. You know, uh, you can. I mean, you know, jam your finger in a door, and you can uh, put a spoon in the back of your throat too far. Oh, wow. that does push, sound push, deeply unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. So please, please, just to sort of cause yourself a little bit of extra misfortune and and do do this entity a favor. Don't let Gina take any more of our jobs. What? I'm pretty sure you said Gina. Yeah, like 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 how our friend, our funny, our funny orange friend says it. Oh. oh, I thought we were doing an ad for him just now. Oh, he. Oh, yeah. That's my hot take. I think that he's the oh. deep unfortunate. That's a, that's a 2019 take. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right here we are. We're back at we're back at the milk bar on Tim's Hill. You've been ushered into the private secret room in the back where we keep a, a our best cow, and you get to watch me milk it live in front of you, right into a cup, and then you get to drink it straight from the cow. This is our very VIP service, and this new cup that I've filled up is called Season Four, Episode Nineteen. It's called Hank's Bad Hair Day, <laughs> and here's uh, the milk. Just- just yep. before you get into that, I also am pretty worried about um, my my allergies. I also am wondering. <laughs> I've been drinking a lot of unpasteurized milk, and yeah, uh-huh. I'm I'm also a little concerned that might also be affecting me as well uh, with the allergies. And so, um, uh, uh-huh. I'm I'm gonna you know uh, monitor my 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 progress as the evening goes on, and uh, I will let you know if I need to go to the hospital. All right. Well, you know, you signed a piece of paper when you worked here at Tim's Hill that said that if you have any sort of adverse reaction to the unpasteurized milk, that we can't pay you for the shift. So yeah, he's well. bubbled. He's bubbling up like that blueberry girl in Willy Wonka. Pull <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me away from the cow. <laughs> <laughs> he can't stop. So he, he knows what it's doing to him, and he just cannot stop. <laughs> I need a bigger stash. <laughs> uh, all right, so here's the blurb. Here's the synopsis. That sweet nops, that that hot cup of nops for you. After Hank's barber is forced to retire on account of the scarcity of business, Hank gets a haircut on the army base from Bill and puts Bill out of the job after lodging a complaint to the government about a $900 bill for the procedure. And I don't like that it said tonsorial. 
It's well, a nine hundred dollar bill. Nine hundred dollar bill for the tonsorial procedure. Like, what's going on it's with a weird your Wikipedia summary. summaries, Wikipedia? I what's also don't on? know why they said that Hank's barber was forced to retire on account of the scarcity of business. Hank's barber retired because he he went completely Looney Tunes wackadoodle. <laughs> yes, he did. That's a. It's a. I don't know. I, I I don't like these synopses. I'm not feeling it. Wikipedia. It's like anybody can mess with that or something. Um, this is a. This is a. <laughs> I think this is the bi- a big departure from the last few episodes that we have watched for one specific reason that I noticed maybe two thirds of the way through the episode, which is that there's no B plot and then there's no C plot. There is oh, yeah. there is one thing that we are following the entire episode and we don't like branch off of it at all. It is just Hank and his hair problems. Um, That's true. Which I think I thought was interesting. And I thought this uh, maybe the most out of all four that we've watched so far has uh, ventured into a little bit of the fantastical realm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, the the army felt kind of Simpsonsy in this one mm-hmm. t- to me. You know, in the way that things were handled and 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 some of the side characters that we meet, it, it definitely felt a little a little goofier than than normal. Which I think, Rory, you said w- would happen as we kept going through the show. Uh, this one, this one has uh, the the whole episode is about Hank. <laughs> Hank just really needing the exact same haircut he's had for the last 20 years. And I I think it's really funny. There's a part where he goes to his barber early and gets a haircut that's botched. But the way that it's animated, we can't tell that it's botched. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the, so subtle. It that just doesn't look is... different at all. <laughs> right. And when you go into an episode like Hank's Bad Hair Day, I think we've all sort of we all have the image in our mind of the, the Bad Hair Day episode of a, of a sitcom or mm-hmm. a show where it's just, you know, totally wild and, and completely, you know, bizarre. And to have Hank not have like a weird perm or, you know, <laughs> something something out, totally outrageous. I mean, later, it, it, you know, it gets a little more outrageous but uh for this one it's really funny to just see like some weird wisps in the back of his (laughs) his neckline that everybody just can't focus because it's just so you know it's so (laughs) not hank and and you would normally what i what i like is that they reinforce it too with the other characters so like maybe maybe like first pass through the idea like if this if that's all you knew about the plot and you were like i was like write the king of the hill episode maybe your first instinct would be Hank is upset about the haircut, but everyone around him is like, dude, it doesn't even look that bad. Like, why are you so up in arms about it? But no, all of his friends are like, yeah, it looks like you got a stupid haircut. (laughs) 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 And it's so good. I love that angle. That's that's such a funnier angle when when we're looking at it going, it looks normal, but everyone on the show is just... They can't deal. <laughs> but, but you know, we also we also he- hear that Dale is a barber. He, Bill. He, you know. Bill. Sorry. Yes, Bill. Um, I wrote down Dale in my notes because I'm an idiot. <laughs> well, we know that. And, yeah, Bill Bill's a barber and he's not subtle about trying to get Hank's uh, clientele. Yeah, I thought it was fun. It's like, you know, I've respected your 20-year relationship uh, with uh, with Jack you know because he, he was he was your barber first but like if you don't give me a shot like it's kind of personal this time yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah like bill's like one of the first people to notice that hank's hair is all fucked up and his comment isn't like oh it looks bad he says no he feathered in the back where he usually tapers i find it unsubtle but it's a way to go <laughs> <laughs> 
we also get a flashback of Cotton's haircuts. Um, anything can be better than a haircut from Hank's father, Cotton Hill, who put a uh, German soldier's helmet on top of his head and then cut everything underneath to create sort of a, a bowl cut. And he uh, he said Hank was crying more than the German soldier he killed underneath that hat. Uh, <laughs> oh boy, Cotton! Oh, what a bad, man. what a bad dad. Yeah, but we learn. So we learn that Jack, his his barber that he's been going to for so long, Jack's clearly having some trubs. Uh, he's not acting normal, and it's losing him clients. And so Hank finally is like, okay. I need to do something about this because he's got to be in this photo. So like his main, his main, uh, his main motivation is that he needs to be ready for this Christmas postcard photo for Strickland propane, because if he doesn't look good, he won't be in it. And if he's not in it, how is how are his customers going to know that he wishes them a Merry Christmas? <laughs> uh, and so he goes back to Jack and his version of being, you know, kind of mean and stern about this haircut is he says, I'm not completely satisfied with my haircut. I'm going to have to ask you for a free touch-up. And Jack responds like he's hit him. He says, you son of a bitch. Well, it's funny because they're on the same page, right? Hank Hank thought he was doing something way out of, you know, Hank was uncomfortable having to do that. Yep. Yeah, and, and then Jack, turns out Jack that meets was him, a huge faux pas. Yeah, and Jack meets him at that same level. Yes. Which he, which is, as opposed uh, to assuming just Hank being Hank. It but feels we have so to talk good. about Jack. We have to talk about Jack <laughs> and his mental state because this might be the most cartoony the show has been with a character. Uh, because Jack, <laughs> yeah. you can't really Jack point has a to full one... mental breakdown, and we're blaming him for. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Looney Tunes breakdown. I mean, this is not like somebody who's who's just feeling unstable. This is like he's basically like making a little motorboat with his lips kind of situation mm-hmm. and like putting fake, you know, shaving cream putting shaving cream and like punching people on the street and riding a bike away. Uh, <laughs> but I think that's, that's kind of the right call. I mean, they could have gone a totally different direction and that would have been perhaps the most preferable way to do this. But if you're already kind of, dealing with senility and i think it was smarter to not make it a real like not be too comparable to real life mental illness to make him right. kind of be a cartoon uh-huh yeah, yeah it's just it's a little bit of a shift from what we've seen before it so is it mm-hmm. is and the voice acting is is fun too because he, it's kind of larger than life it's uh it's it's what's his name it's 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 bill murray's older brother uh brian doyle Br- murray brian doyle murray who who does a bunch of voices but maybe he's most recognizable to us sweet sweet little millennials as the flying dutchman from spongebob um basically the exact same voice the spooky uh, uh pirate ghost and he he does a really great job uh i love i love his voice it's like it's you know, people talk about people having gravelly voices, but this guy, it's solidly like he's chewing on rocks while he talks. It's so good. Uh, we should drop a clip in and saying something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a rock talk. Um, but yeah, he he's clearly not fit to do anybody's hair anymore. And so Hank has to uh, let Bill sort of try and prove himself. And... If there's anything that I make sure we drop in this episode, it's going to be Bill's beautiful monologue. This monologue <laughs> is outstanding. Trust me, it's not easy being my barber. I know that. 
You got those big, thick neck muscles that knot up when you're tense, leaving that deep, deep valley. And then the northern ridge runs almost transverse to the crown. You worry too much about those and you hit that scar over your left ear. <laughs> Seems like there's a story there. You never shared it with me, but that's okay. Because you might think I'm a gossip, and I probably am. But how the hell would you know if I'm a bad barber? <laughs> and then Peggy, <laughs> Peggy says, He's the same way with me. You're an amateur, Peggy. <laughs> God bless oh, Bill. He gets so <laughs> serious about it, and I fucking adore it. Uh, I also just want to point out that so the, the the final straw with Jack is that he has Hank take off his shirt, first of all, which is a real leap for Hank, um, mm-hmm. and points to, I think, the trust, the inherent trust that I guess Hank has for with his barber, his barber yeah. and not necessarily a doctor. Um, <laughs> but, he you know, he takes off his shirt and then gets sprayed by peroxide. So he goes full, like, platinum blonde <laughs> and yes. shows up at Strickland Propane and... His boss, Mr. Strickland, is so distraught by Hank's, <laughs> Hank's like, bleached hair that he can't pay Hank for the day. Well, obviously, <laughs> I can't pay you for the day. And also, make sure you go and get that dyed back to a boy's color. <laughs> it's, it's so severe. Oh, God, <laughs> man. One thing I wanted to talk about a little bit, because, you know... um, is a little off topic. I don't know if we'll keep it or not. Uh, Buck Strickland and and Cotton Hill, the, these hugely problematic, uh, toxic masculine like monsters. Yes. And the yep. show both does a great job not glorifying their behavior, but I still also feel like it doesn't do. It still kind of lets them get away with saying whatever they want a little too much. Yeah. Like nobody calls them on on saying you know on that like get a boy's color hair. Uh huh. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't I mean, know. It doesn't. You know, it doesn't relish what they say, but it's still for a laugh, and it's still kind of nobody. Nobody on the show is taken, taken right. on bridge. Right. Yes. And and I will say, you know, when you're in Texas, those people are there. Exactly. Um, without a doubt. You know. I mean, yeah. when my dad grew his hair out long and caught in high school, a bunch of you know high school boys and the coach held him down and shaved his head, like. That's Texas. Like, yeah. they don't like you to look different and especially have your hair be different. Um, but, you know, it would be nice to see. Uh, yeah, there's there's yeah. no growth in that field. Nobody nobody comes out a better, more loving person necessarily in this episode. <laughs> right. But it's it is interesting. I mean, if you I don't I don't love trying to tell like writers and creators to always sort of make sure they program in the wink so that we know. You know, like, I don't love having to also just have them assume that we aren't going to know that him saying dye your hair back to a boy's color is a comment on that behavior and not just showing it like it's a real good thing. But at the same time, when you don't put a wink in there and you don't tell us how we should feel about it, two people can watch that. And one person goes, "Ugh, God, I hate that. And the other person goes, yeah, put it back to a boy's color. And like the show doesn't really, you know, like, you know, like it's kind mm -hmm. of a weird moment. It's it, in the comedy. It's especially weird because, you know, the the joke line is the joke line. So it's like mm-hmm. we we're laughing at you don't, but it's not necessarily you. You know, when you laugh, you're not sure if you're laughing at him or with him because it was funny. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Like I said, yeah, I, I don't have too much to say on the topic other than I 
I, no, I you know, I, I'm deep. I, you know, I know King of the Hill, and I, and I, and I don't. I know that it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, glorify these behaviors. But I wish it was. It had a stronger authorial voice about who they are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so we're at the midpoint of the episode where we feel like Bill gives him a really good cut. He dyes his hair back to normal, and suddenly the tension of the episode is gone. For a moment, right. you know, things and, seem and to be back to normal. <laughs> and crucially, Hank has to go to the base for Bill to do this because Bill is a barber for the army and he does it at the army base for all the like, you know, people who work there. He cuts all their hair. That's like that appears to be his full time job. He's in the army. Yep. He's in the army, but his unit is the but barber he's, he's unit. Like, he's, he's a nine to fiver. Yeah, he's, you know, I think it's I think it happens with, you know, so people either become recruiters or they, be, you know, you're kind of yep. in and out at the same time. Yep, mm-hmm. totally. Uh, and so Hank Hank is thrilled with the haircut, but he wants to pay Bill. And Bill's like, well, I don't know how to accept money. I don't even have a cash register. And <laughs> Hank is so insistent. He's like, all right, I'll figure out a way to, you know, get money from you for it. I'll figure that out. And the other shoe drops pretty quickly on that. And it's that the army directly bills Hank via the mail. And it's $900 for the haircut. Yeah. <laughs> and- yep. <laughs> I and, and suddenly this episode went somewhere where I didn't expect, and then and and this little extra little subplot, this this extra thing, is commenting on just completely bureaucratic waste, bureaucratic yeah. waste, and government spending on bullshit uh, military stuff. And I yeah. I kind of was there for it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, especially where just in the last year, you know, we, we've heard about the plane that the military was developing that cost like over a trillion dollars. Um, that doesn't work. And it's, it's like, my God, where does all that money go? And, and Mm -hmm. it turns out that they've spent, what are the details on the barber equipment that they They, paid? They paid $80,000 for each military grade barber chair. (laughs) And and apparently France makes a better barber chair for $110,000, but it's not going to pay $110,000 for a barber chair. Well, and it, there was, I think there was a, a, a decent dollop of truth in here that I, I, I cannot verify, but, you know, he's like, you know, yeah, we pay 80000 for the barber chairs, and then we get we get the spy plane for, you know, qu- you know quarter of a billion. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. They, they, there are these handshake deals where, you know, you pay a ton of money for this bullshit, like, you know, those bathrooms in the in Afghanistan that were costing like $100,000 to build like an outhouse. Uh-huh. You know, as part of this weird deal, it's like all these 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 things that are on and off the record. It's just yeah. a fucking mess. Yeah, I mean, what's uh, you know these 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 moments in this show that that maybe seem crazier and outlandish, and then the closer you get, you know, a lot like Mike Judge's other work, Idiocracy, where yeah, uh-huh. you know, it feels more and more. It's uh, a really solid, you know, comment. Just yeah, you know, just made with cartoons. Mm-hmm. Right, totally. Yeah, and at, later in the episode, Bill, I mean, now now Hank is Hank makes it like his personal mission to not have to pay this ridiculous nine hundred dollars. Uh, and Bill and is trying was, to like. I... <laughs> Go ahead, Andy. Sorry. Bill is trying to raise money for the nine hundred dollars <laughs> by doing this g- garage sale, and the garage sale is just an ice crusher that has a price tag on it of nine hundred dollars. <laughs> he and has he, several things. Yeah, yeah, are... it, but all all that we see really are the ice is the ice crusher, and, and all all Bill says when Hank asks him about it, he's like, oh, "It only takes one." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, everything in his garage sale is nine hundred dollars. So if he just makes one sale, that's it, right there. Yeah, 
But Perfect. He mentions he mentions at this point because Bill doesn't want to cut Hank's hair now because he's like, well, I can't ha- cut hair not on the base. They spent three million dollars training me, and now I can't, <laughs> you know, just not cut hair and only for them. And like, that's another really fun, like, just fun little dollar amount to throw out. Like the idea that they'd spend three million dollars training Bill to. Oh, cut I think the, the, the piece you left out. So Hank is asking Bill for another haircut in, in, mm, in the, yes, in the yes. midst of the in the midst of this nine hundred dollar fiasco, and Bill's like, I, I can't. Yeah, <laughs> you know, now that I know what that what it costs, that's nine hundred dollars yeah. I'm stealing from the army every time I do your hair. <laughs> yeah, and also he's pissed about the tip now because it was he's a nine hundred dollar tip. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, one Hank's, half of one half percent. <laughs> Hank also, in his frustration, says it's like it's like giving a haircut, paying to give a haircut to Saddam Hussein, and he hates Saddam Hussein, <laughs> but he loves his haircut. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> Um, now he's gotten shaggy hair. There's been a passage of time. Oh, and, it's nice. Uh, it's fun. And I really like the second twist. Both of these twists were really good in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote to his congressman. Hank, Hank wrote <laughs> to his congressman. He tried to use the computer and it just would not yield its secrets. That was a joke Hank. that didn't age at all, did it? it yeah. It's like, oh, good. Well, another old person who doesn't know computers. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was kind of nice to see it like at a late 90s iMac again, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, he just gets like a form letter response from his congressman, so mm-hmm. he sort of writes it off, and then, you know, Bill does the garage sale, and then, yeah, now Hank has the shaggy hair, and he's greeted by the army again. Uh, they give him a whistleblower award for uh, 3000 dollars mm-hmm. and, and a trophy for pointing yeah, out him- inefficient government waste. <laughs> they give him a they give him a fucking point of light. They give him a like whistleblower. The, the 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 George H W Bush like points a light thing like you know and he's like I didn't think they still did these and like it's just such a fun little like weird award to get and and yeah it's because he pointed out if inefficient government spending and they fire Bill. Yeah, they also give him a really nice fancy trophy for it, which is like <laughs> <It's very funny. laughs> the irony of. Of giving out expensive trophies for her identifying uh-huh. government waste is is not <laughs> not lost on me either. Um, uh, but oh, yeah, so man. that means that Bill's expensive barber unit is fired, and Bill is sort of left with nothing to do. This was his whole reason for being, and so he tries doing recruiting. He's just like totally lost. Well, uh, there's the, a fun the, bit. So. The- so- uh, yeah. One thing we skipped over was was uh, Hank has one time in, in this whole mess. Uh, he, oh, his, yeah. Hank, he tried to get him to go to a, her salon. And yes. He walks in <laughs> and there's just this like bumping techno. And, <laughs> and he's inside for about all of one and a half seconds before he just walks back out. <laughs> yeah, he does the He does the Abe Simpson. Oh, yeah. The little spin around and <laughs> he eventually right resolves to go in, though. He has he to does go back gather the, yeah. himself. He yeah, sighs, his hangs cut. his head, and goes in. And yeah, then they cut him some bangs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, a, it's a bad cut. Uh, right when Bill finds out that he's fired, uh, there's kind of a, a, a distressingly sad little, little yeah. moment. His first response to not having his job anymore is that he turns around and tries to just drink that blue cone <laughs> the blue liquid. from the Barbasol, the like Barbasol yeah. juice. Yeah, like, <laughs> the and the captain juice. stops him. He's like, like, well, yeah, that sweet blue comb juice, and and I just, I think, 
we see this a lot over the course of the many seasons of this show, but Bill is Bill is like one straw on the camel's back away from serious meltdown at all times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> it's kind of distressing to see it in this moment. And we kind of play it for, you know, a laugh for a second. But like that man tried to kill himself real fast. There's there's so. an epi- there's a whole episode where Bill's basically on suicide watch. And yeah. It's I've a good episode. One. Yeah. Mm hmm. Um, poor, poor, poor Bill. Poor, poor Bill. And and he doesn't even really have ownership over his own amazing barber skills because when Hank goes to see him afterwards, his response is basically, the army made me a barber and it's theirs to take away. <laughs> like, that's fucked. That's a, that's a really... <laughs> yeah. In the meantime, Hank is trying to figure out what to do for Bill. And also what's, what's cooking on the other side is that the, the, hair, the hair on the base is going to shit. And mm. <laughs> and the officer and the officer can't get his hair cut the way he likes either. You know, he says it's sort of mirroring Hank's issues and things kind of will, will start to boil to a head where they were Hank and this officer sort of, you know, handshake a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like well, he comes, he storms into yeah. the mess hall. Say, <laughs> <laughs> anybody here know anything about cutting hair? Don't oh. answer him. It's a trick. Fucking obviously gay soldiers. <laughs> yeah, God, sort of a dated joke, it. but it, you know, it's but it, it was plays... in the time of the. It plays in this time of of don't ask, don't tell. Um, yeah, I and, think that's the thing. Is is yeah, is, yeah, it provides Where, a pretty solid context, regardless of what the state of homophobia is outside the walls of the army. Yes, mm-hmm. right. Um, so the the way this all the way this all shakes down, uh, they're gonna auction off Bill's barber equipment, uh, and there's this fun little sequence that kind of feels it's kind of a weird orphaned sequence in this in this episode where like we get Dale in who hasn't really been a big part of the episode for most of it, and then we meet a new side character for a hot second just for one scene. I didn't write his name down, but apparently there's this like hotshot dude who comes to all the army surplus auctions and he's the, like, <laughs> yeah. the, like kingpin. And then we have this this scene where Dale like they're starting the bidding for this $80,000 barber chair at $2 and the guy bids $2 and Dale goes $3 and then they just bid it $1 by $1 all the way up to 3,000. And I don't. I don't know. I loved it, but it does feel a little out of place for some reason. <laughs> <to me. laughs> uh, well, I guess Dale. Dale has sold himself as a, as a sort of like auction whiz, and he just outbids the guy by a buck every time. Because <laughs> yeah. the, the hot shot does go up by more than a dollar a few times, but Dale always just does the one dollar bid up on him. Right. Right. <laughs> but but you know it eventually gets to the magic number of exactly how much money that Hank won in uh-huh. his for his award and then it cuts away and the reveal is that uh bill has been summoned to the base uh from his recruiting job that he hates and uh he's in this like pinball room given like a clandestine like black ops job as a secret barber <laughs> yeah so they faked his records now to show that he's a pinball technician <laughs> And um, also, you know, more government waste that he's like apparently yes. a high paid pinball technician <laughs> and they're a, totally is, down to fund that. That's my favorite kind of joke. The joke that like is a really good payoff for the whole episode. Like, we, yeah, OK, we got the barber chair back. It was the same price as what we, he got for the, you know, whistleblowing, all that stuff. But that the punchline at the end here just raises more questions and problems like great <laughs> yeah. well, great we've set you up and now now you're repairing pinball machines it's like why the fuck 
does the army have a pinball room? Like that's that's what that's what felt really Simpsonsy about this one to me is that that kind of mm-hmm. resolution. But I was I super loved it. And yeah. Bill's like, but what if someone sees me? And the captain says, don't ask, don't tell. That policy's got to work for something. And uh, yeah. And essentially, that's the end of our of our episode. So much you know, commentary. Bill. So many, so many uh, year two thousand takedowns. <laughs> <laughs> well, my 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 cup has officially runneth over with the with the milk, and mm. it's, it's spilled onto the counter. And there, well, there's Andy just lapping I'm it up like it. a kitten. Nom, nom, nom. Nom, nom, like nom, little, nom. He's just a, he's just a kitten in a in a milk store. <laughs> I heard the kitten shouldn't drink milk. It's actually not good for them. Well, he won't stop. It's also not good for me. Milk is also not good for me. I'll have you know. Austin is trapped in the doorway. He's he's. But one of many ways Austin is like a kitten. Yeah. No, I actually I'm feeling a little better. Um, I spent about an hour and a half in the toilet, uh, where I belong. He just sat him right in the toilet and. Yeah, and and you know resolved. Attempted to resolve all of my issues, and and I think you know it's getting there. But uh, you're making you me drink more milk. Yes, yeah, so. celebratory <laughs> glass of chocolate milk. Yeah, I'll have oh chocolate milk for big boys. Yes, <laughs> sip it all up. <laughs> well, hey everybody, um. You know, I said a lot of a lot of mean things. I was under the influence of milk, and <laughs> I, you know, do I regret it? Yeah, and I regret drinking the milk, and I'm sorry, and it'll never happen again. Um, you know, my body got real big like a fig um, that was ripe for for be, for being plucked, and um, uh, you know, we make mistakes. We live to make mistakes, and we grow and become better. And hopefully, mm-hmm. if I don't die from the resulting milk. Uh, <laughs> You know, I, I will be a better person. I'll become I mean, you, stronger. What doesn't kill you make you stronger. Um, I'm, de- I'm definitely on like a weird high from that from that milk. Um, so, uh, you know, yeah, what's really important. you've definitely grown a lot as a person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> until you can ring me out like a grape um, that, you know, like a wet grape towel. That, you, that you needs know to get. how you ring out grapes? I like how we thought that we'd get things done faster without Rory because Rory's currently yeah. in the poop house. Um <laughs> is <laughs> running um, out there, but hey, I'll tell you what we got. We got some places where you can find us if you like this podcast that we're doing. You can you can go subscribe to us on on iTunes or wherever you get those podcasts. You can find us uh, as Apple Podcasts now. Austin will be straight up my ass if I don't say that. Um, okay. So go find us on Apple well. Podcasts, and then you should find our website at sadamtuesdays.com and you can you can find us there. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Kind of not really. I've been really bad about our Instagram account. And we're also on Twitter. On Twitter, we tell you uh, every week what episodes we're going to be watching for the following episodes, so you can watch along with us if you like. That's right. And uh, we're really excited to be wrapping up King of the Hill next week. Uh, another fun couple episodes we're going to get. Um, and from there, uh, we're going to take the summer break, and you will see kind of what we've been cooking up for summer after that. And I'm really excited yeah. to get to that as well. Hell yeah. So uh, enjoy the rest of your uh, four-hour morning commute. And I'll see you next Tuesday. Goodbye. I didn't actually mean to call you uh, C-U-N-T. See you next Tuesday is a literal thing that that I really wanted to say.